Hello, and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring and creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, and I'm the host of the podcast, but also a curious Canadian based in Marrakesh. As you sit back and listen, it's my hope that you'll leave feeling inspired to pay a visit or motivated to start planning that trip to the Kingdom of Morocco. On this week's episode, I travel to the Sahara Desert to visit fellow Canadian Michelle Fletcher and her partner Kamal Yassine at their sandcastle, Kasbah 8 Isful, on the edge of Urkshagaga. Michelle and Kamal have spent the last year and a half restoring and renovating a Kasbah originally built by Kamal's grandfather. I had the pleasure of staying in one of the newly renovated suites and woke up each day to the sun rising over the sand dunes and the nearby village of Ain Isfool. After coffee with a view, Michelle and I spent the days wandering through the communities, heading to the weekly souk, and just enjoying the quiet and the simplicity of life in this part of Morocco. As always with my trips to the desert, I stayed longer than originally planned, just totally mesmerized by local life, the slow pace, and beauty of the Sahara. So let's listen in as Michelle and I chat about building a sandcastle in a really big sandbox, slow travel and slow living, and what we've learned since moving here. Something special about Casper 8 is full that I just absolutely like, love it here. Okay, let's go back to like how Casper 8 is full came to be. So, Casper 8 is full itself has mm-hmm. been here, I don't know actually when the conception of it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it is called a village, you know, I don't know how old that is yeah. itself, right? But I do know that this was in Kamal's family for a long time, and his, fa- his grandfather ran it as, a, uh, you know, a sort of a, a camping gathering place, and it, mm-hmm. I think even before that, it was always sort of a, a gathering place, Kamal had said, for the community itself, you know, would come and have several celebrations here, so it had that kind of energy, mm-hmm. I think, about it, right? And I think that was sort of the beginnings of it. And whether it, it was that that his grandfather, you know, sort of started to develop, you know, mm-hmm. or add to, or I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure of all the details. But um, he did that for years. And Kamal, of course, growing up on the property, and I think he spent a lot of time with his grandfather because his father, I think, worked as a headmaster in Mohammed initially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would often stay back in Adisville with the mm-hmm. grandfather, which I think is quite co- common for, you know, Moroccan families, you know, to sort of stay with their yep. extended family. Absolutely. And uh, so he, and I think one of his other brothers spent lots of time here. So he sort of helped his grandfather run it. These are the stories about the, you know, the, his grandfather having the pet camel and all this sort of stuff, you know. Mm. And so I think, you know, with the inception itself, I'm not quite sure when, but it sort of always evolved. And then the grandfather passed away, come all, you know, uh, came back from university when he was done and sort of picked up where he left on it and had been, you know, running it ever since. And then I came on board. Nice. We're sitting in this, like, mud, clay-walled, amazing suite, very tastefully decorated. You've done lovely lamps that you've sourced locally, carpets on the ground. Um, Just, it has a very, like, natural feel to it. I just, it's almost like living outside, but inside and in such style, in such comfort. Oh, well, Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I wonder what my mandate was. Like when I was like, I was like, what is it? I mean, of course, natural, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted it to fit in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, coming from a Western, you know, yeah. background myself and uh, with this sort of artistic sort of design, I, I had a, a certain amount of comfort that I, you know, wanted to make sure people mm-hmm. had because, 
you know, I'm at that age, you know, a non-comfortable bed and, you know, some yeah, things no. are not very pleasant. But it's saying that, cool you know, keeping it local mm-hmm. and trying to source and use the local sort of, you know, artisans whenever I could as and workers. Um, and yeah, sort of like, as you said, sort of create a space that kind of would bring up, bring it to its sort of the best that it could be without making it into what it couldn't be or mm-hmm. didn't want it to be. You know, like, I think that was the biggest fear for me and Kamal too, is that, you know, you would change it too much and it would become like, Somewhere that it isn't, you know, this is the desert and, yeah. you know, the, the clay walls are the clay walls for a reason. You know, when they mm-hmm. built things, they built them for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. it was about where the sun came and where the, you know, the elements were and that sort of thing. It wasn't for, you know, design principles necessarily, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh-huh. Bringing this building up, which was, you know, a ruins. I'm not quite sure what it was before, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. a stable or what the, it was prior to it. But, you know, making it into these suites, which were basically larger rooms. It was, you know, using the local Tamgroot tiles and the, you know, Tamgroot um, uh, vessel sinks and you know mm-hmm. I think we got the um I think the actual the copper probably came from Fez I don't think they did that locally but you know okay. we took everything yeah. that we could get the carpets we bought from the local you know carpet mm-hmm. man as you saw today mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> well, and also like the big picture windows and the balconies like you can see obviously the village of eight is full yes. and um the Sahara is basically well, we walked there yesterday in two minutes. Like, all you have to do is just walk <laughs> off the property. And there's the little mini dunes, right? Like, mini dunes. That's and the right there. palm trees. So I think what you've done, you really have built like a little sand castle in the... Well, I was going to say, big I, sandbox. I was going to say, and I think that, you know, when I first saw it, that was sort of like, it's a sandcastle. You know, when I ascended, I always think about, you want to ascend the clay stairs, you know, the uh-huh. sandy steps was this arch. And in, in its wabi-sabi sort of state that it was, you know, it was like, how do you, how do you, give it the love that it deserves, you know, mm-hmm. bring it up to, you know, the standards so that it's, you know, safe and it could actually house people mm-hmm. and continue on the next sort of, you know, what a generation of being a gathering place or, you know, retreat yeah. space or whatever it ends up being, but not alter the integrity and try to keep it as, you know, uh, but utilize this view. I mean, there's nothing like it oh, right? when you come up those stairs. Amazing. I think that people that have lived here for years or that have even other establishments further along in Muhammad mm-hmm. or whatever, that's the one thing that always people say when they come here is that you, you, you can't surpass the view here. Like you, it's just like nothing else. Right. And waking up each morning, I wake up at eight o'clock because that's when I see the sun <laughs> rising over the dunes right. and over the village. And it's like, it really is. Like living outside because of these big windows, and but yet all the comforts and I know I can't live without. Like, so, <laughs> like, what's that, Mandy? Duvet covers and <laughs> heating. If I wanted if to turn it on, knowing that, like, hot yeah, showers that is you know heated by oh, palm leaves outside. You know, I can't believe that. Okay, so when you built this hotel, <laughs> yeah. like. You come from, you've renovated loads of properties yes, in Vancouver. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm quite a serial, you know, fixer, renovator. And so what was the, I mean, how would you even describe the process of building this? Like, I just think, I look at it and I'm like, how, wow, what you've done is unreal. But what was the process and how long did it take? And what was the state that Eight is Full was in when you found Well, I was going to say, because we can't, uh, this is a podcast, I suppose, that we can't show a visual mm-hmm. sort of, um, and, and I suppose at some place or some way, and I would be very funny to actually look back and have sort of a documented sort of journey of what it actually looked like yeah. initially. Because when I look back, even when I'm flicking back on my, you know, Insta something or trying to find an image, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, again, the vision came mm-hmm. easily to me because I'm a visual you mm-hmm. know, sort of artist, but I, <laughs> but the actual place itself was really quite, you know, decrepit and things were falling down and, you know, needing all yeah. of that. So it was sort of like, 
I think Kamal had his sort of vision of what he probably always, uh, I think his grandfather actually still has original plans, you know. Of wow. And he did share that with me once. And, uh, and then I had my sort of, you know, the possibilities are endless, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But the, the, it was the sandcastle and, and, and a gathering place and the energy that I felt off of it that I kept just wanting to uh, make it, whatever we did, I wanted to fit what was already here because I do mm-hmm. love old and I love mm-hmm. natural and all that sort of stuff. So the fact that it has big windows in, in the balconies or stuff are more of a modern, yeah. you know, thing. Um, and it was, it was a harrowing experience, I have to tell you. <laughs> I can't, like because I worked on a Riyadh. I took like I was working with somebody in the Marrakesh Medina, yeah. and we basically like took a Riyadh back to like just its four walls and rebuilt the whole thing. I cannot imagine having to do well. This. And I think that you know, again, in hindsight, because you know, I, yeah. I really don't know and didn't know a lot because of the language, you know, mm-hmm. and the culture. Um, and, you know, the things that I'm used to going off of, you know, from you know, blueprints or lighting plans yeah. or electrical plans and all that. I never actually got the scope in the way that I would be used to it. So mm-hmm. everything was kind of like, you know, here's the plan. And then you're like, when's this going to happen? And when's that? I had no idea about the labor force and actually getting people on site and mm-hmm. the skill set. And this the whole culture of work down yeah. here, you know, that they actually do work to live. They don't live to work. Uh-huh. You know, so that even if you have money or you have a date or you have a sort of timeline in your, mm-hmm. you know, sort of whether it's a Western <laughs> or, or we always talk about meeting in the middle, Kamal and I, you know, idea. Yeah. It was probably pushed back three times, you know, in big ways. I probably thought it would be six months and it ended up being a year and a half. Yeah. And as you know, as you're here, you know, we're probably still a couple months off of getting it to, you know, where I would say phase one is done, you mm-hmm. know, completely. Yeah. And that we can start the next sort of, you know, finessing, you know. Yeah. The finishing um, touches. That and, you and in saying that and because it, and because of the amount of time it took and actually learning what the, you know, how, how things actually work here and how really crude and primitive. Mm-hmm. The, you know the, the 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 labor force is, and at the same time, not wanting to bring crews in from yeah. the cities because part of it is Adisful, and the whole sort of mission of it was to have a gathering place where you know uh, travelers and locals could intermix. You know, yeah. so that was sort of important to me. But you know, had I known what I knew, I may have taken a different approach. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as with lots of things, yes, right? So it was absolutely. all kind of like, don't worry, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it just kind of keeps, you know, rolling along. And, you know, and, and with, with with big trust and um, big dreams, you just kind of keep yeah. moving forward, you know? I think that's how it is here. You just have to, like, trust the process, and it's going to work out. And um, because, like, in the Western society, like, we're so, like, deadline-driven, whereas, like, you just kind of have to roll with it here. And if you're going to be, like, the really uptight like need to control everything you probably would have been gone like before you even well and i think that that was the thing is that you know if you would have asked me before uh, at home or you know uh-huh. in canada i would think that i'm you know i'm probably have my own sort of way of controlling but i'm i would think that i'm laid back or that i'm yeah pretty, you know sort of mm-hmm. not type a you know i have yeah. a creative sort of my creative mm-hmm. brain kind of runs my life kind of thing so i'm yeah. a little bit you know um um flexible you mm-hmm. know and uh when I came here and I realized sort of how, you know, that was ingrained in me, you know, mm-hmm. sort of timelines and how much and when and why and this and all these sort of yeah. questions. And that if I got the answer that it would actually be adhered to. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you realize over and over that it's you know, the only thing that could change was me letting go and trusting mm-hmm. um, that it would happen. And in their own way, they do get things done. It does. You it know? always does. And they, they have big trust and big hearts and big sort of, you know, 
humanity, you mm-hmm. know, that, that actually goes a long way here. I mean, not that it doesn't in other parts of the world, but we kind of lost that a bit sometimes. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and that, you know, I could be upset and step my feet and, you know, do all the sort of things that I'm, you know, could mm-hmm. do. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to move forward or are you going to walk away? And, you know, the goal and the feeling of this place always sort of has sustained me. You know, that's kind of the thing when yeah. I put the other stuff aside and I sit there in the morning and I look out at that vista. And I feel the energy here. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I wanted um, anybody that wanted to, of course, come and be able to have that experience like I did. Yeah. I had no idea coming here to Morocco that this would be have such a sort of profound effect on me. You know, I thought <laughs> yeah. that, you know, I'm a, I'm a West Coast girl. I'm a, a yeah. ocean girl, that sort of stuff. The desert, you know, really. Uh-huh. Um, but as somebody that's sort of a lifelong sort of, you know, learner, meditator, you know, all that sort of things. It was like the desert really does reflect back to you in a really fast way whatever you need to learn, you know? It, well, we were talking about this, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think there's a way to describe, like one word that describes, like, yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's fascinating. Yes, it's fabulous. It's it's gorgeous. The sun, like the sunrises, sunsets are stunning in the landscapes that I'd never seen before. But we were saying the desert is a feeling. It really and is a feeling. Like, for me, I know, because I'm going back to Marrakesh, I'll go back more alive. And and yet it's the the energy of the people too. Like, it's such a... A simple life, Very simple. Um, but yet in a way like so advanced, like when we were at the spice soup today, like they have, you could just tell like there was so much about the spices that were like natural remedies that we just don't know because we don't have that within our our lifestyle in Canada so much well, I was anymore. Say, like it's in almost the West. like, you know, when you're in, when you're in Canada, it's almost like the Eastern religion mm-hmm. or Eastern, you know, sort of uh, medicine, yeah. you know, Ayurvedic or, you know, different sort of mm-hmm. modalities have come back. You know, yeah, People have actually gone to get and brought back um, mm-hmm. to, to sort of aid in a bed, you know, our sort of Western mindset of take a pill and, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Where here it hasn't left. Exactly. You know, it's still there. I mean, you, you, you have to, not to say look for it, but because of the language mm-hmm. and because of the culture, unless you travel slowly, and yes. you actually get down to the ground and, and, and you kind of are with the people, mm-hmm. it could be overlooked really easily. Because, you know, as you know, in Marrakesh, of our pile hide spices yes. and all these sorts of sort uh-huh. of visual kind of yes. candy, you, you can, you, it almost feels like you could be anywhere exotic. Like you don't yes. actually see the actual culture that sits mm-hmm. just below that, especially the Berber, you know. It's amazing. It's quite amazing. And yeah. it's like everything from, like we walked through, was it Nez, Nezrat? Nezrat, yeah. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's everything from like the, the local dress, yes. right? Like those black scarves and like the colors, like it's, I feel like it's like the carpets, you know, like there's so much the symbols, symbols yeah. in the carpets. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's, I would assume it's probably the same, the same. Um, in the attire that they're wearing and why they're, you know, the symbology and the stories that they tell. I mean, I know that, you know, with carpets, as we mm-hmm. know, right, it was the same that they were tell their personal stories or exactly. Know, sort of and, and I'm sure it's the same. Let's talk about like, you believe in slow travel. Yes. So what does that mean? Well, I think, you know, for me, um, I mean, I think it's sort of a a phrase now that, you know, we use yeah. lots of things. But mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, what it was is, you know, uh, sl- seeing less, going deeper, mm-hmm. you know, slowing down, mm-hmm. being with the people, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, getting off the sort of hitting the sites or, you know, not mm-hmm. that things wrong with hitting the sites, but not all of them necessarily. Like exactly. It, and actually probably for me it was kind of, you know, looking at myself and what actually interests me, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of like medicine or people or yeah. design or textiles or artisans or whatever, and actually sort of sinking and actually getting to know the people and realizing that what I would leave from all my years of, you know, traveling myself and going mm-hmm. to places that it was the connections 
Yes. That stayed with me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the odd carpet or boot yes. or two, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> Those things we lug right, around. Right. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, what, what I came back, it wasn't about, you know, the, wow, the Eiffel Tower was amazing. Exactly. Even though, you know, I mean, it has its merits, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But it was the, you know, the coffee that I had with the woman that was from yeah. Holland that had this really mm-hmm. amazing story. And she told, you know, shared, yeah. you know, what her life was like. And I saw her every day in the apartment that I rented. So I almost had this, this snapshot of living there, mm-hmm. you know, and people let you in. Yes. And and that is such a gift because, you know, you can't buy that, right? No, well, I mean, absolutely. A little bit more with the bespoke, you know, with some of the yeah. hand-curated tours, you have a little bit and of an option because somebody's done some of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. People, right? mm-hmm. but otherwise, you know, you're just sort of swimming along the surface. Exactly. And not really fully understanding what's going what's on going beneath on, it. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and certainly now... I would think, especially in the major, you know, cities. I mean, I'm sure small mm-hmm. town anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, a lot of places have stayed untouched. You know, like the villages in India and different places that I've been. That yeah. you know, it's probably the same as it's been for centuries in some ways. But in the cities, you know, the with the sort of big box tours. The only thing that's mm-hmm. really different sometimes is the architecture. Exactly. You know, no, wherever where you go, there you are. As far as you know, it's Zara. It's this. Yeah. It's that, you know that kind of uh-huh. stuff. And you know, it, it, some people like that, and you know, that's their thing. But that was never my thing. I would go somewhere because it was the differences that attract me. Yeah. And it was like the sameness that sustained me. It's like the humanity that. Yeah. You know. So what are the differences, and what are the samenesses here? Well, I was going to say, I guess you know, the differences initially, of course, were the. Uh, the culture, you know, and mm-hmm. the, 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 the Islam, you know, and mm-hmm. that's a, a big, a big part of Morocco. Yeah. I mean that and the, the languages and the food and there's that sort of, you yeah. know, um, and the sort of the, the I, probably the biggest difference the longer that I've been here is the sort of uh, cultural sort of the, the women and the men, you know, how the yeah. men are the ones that mm-hmm. are sort of on the exter- external, yep. they're the ones that are in tourism, they're the ones that are working outside of the houses, mm-hmm. they're the ones that you interact with. Yep. And the women are still sort of, you know, taking care of their domain yeah. and their home mm-hmm. and their families. Yep. So, you know, coming from the West where that's not necessarily what we're used to anymore, mm-hmm. I mean, it probably wasn't my grandmother's day to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, but but um, I think that that was one of the biggest differences that I noticed, you know, when I was like wow like i'm 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 in a sea of men like there's there's men at every cafe they're all you know exactly i'm i'm sort of i I felt exposed certainly Mm -hmm. i didn't sort of blend into the woodwork Mm -hmm. um and then of course the sameness is being you know family and sort of connection and you know loving your kids and taking care of your kids and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff right and over time um when you do get let in the hospitality of the people is vast i would say the hospitality in morocco like what i've seen here has made me a better person. (laughs) Just being invited into someone's house and regardless of like, you know, what they might have, the welcome is just amazing. I mean, it's so true. And and it's, it's, it really is from the heart. Like you don't feel like you're being invited in because you have to be, or like there's this pressure or anything. You're just being invited in genuinely because, and even if you can't communicate in the same language, there's that, there's just this, like a, affection there is and i think yeah. that I, I think i spoke to you about that the other day mm-hmm. right when i was saying that you know um kamal teaches me every day yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> just, just in his very being and how he interacts with people even if he has a lot on his mind and a mm-hmm. lot going on and all these sort of stresses yeah. of trying to make things happen and you know in a very mm-hmm. sort of uh 
difficult environment at times, mm-hmm. you know, to make things happen. That um, if anybody stops by for tea or anybody needs something or the the, the fellow, you know, his wife is sick or somebody's dad dies yeah. and there's a, I mean, he's just there. Yeah. It, it's just not even, it's not, it's not an imposition. And I also think like the gift of time, the fact that, you know, you have the time to sit and have that tea, even though like you might have like a mile long to-do <laughs> list and your phone's buzzing every five seconds, just like knowing that you can sit there and have that exchange to me is a massive gift and something I think we've lost in them. Um, I think, and I think that in that way, you know, sometimes when, when the way that he, um, so sort of effortlessly, you know, effortlessly, but you mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's that, that's just part of, the, it's almost like part of their DNA. Yeah. You know, like they just do that where I, I could be sitting there going, Mm-hmm. But remember that you know we have yeah. to, we have to go do this or we have to go do this yeah. and everything just kind of naturally just sort of sinks mm-hmm. into inshallah as you yeah. know right uh-huh. it'll happen God willing when it happens you know but this is what I'm doing right now like mm-hmm. this sort of whole mindful kind of you know uh, reality that we live in now that we we try really hard to you know be more mindful and be in the moment and be present mm-hmm. and do things slower in our regular yeah. you know sort of Western lives. I don't, it's like they, they haven't fully let go of that yet. Yeah. You know, you can see it with the younger generation and the phones mm-hmm. and the stuff in the cities, especially mm-hmm. how it's starting to ramp up or, you know, even yeah. trying to do business, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but naturally, um, you know, if, if they're late or we would be thinking they're tardy or yeah. they're this or there's some big thing, it, it's just not the big deal to them. You know, it really isn't. It's like, uh-huh. I'll get there when I'm supposed to get there. It was my intention, but, you know, somebody needed something. Like, it's just, yeah. it's really quite beautiful, you know? And I think, wow, like, hurry up and wait, Michelle. Like what really matters at the end of the day? Exactly. Nobody is, you know, being left stranded in a, you know, raft or there's nothing life altering really. Like I think that's the thing that I realized is that even with doing these tours or having, you know, people come down as groups is that, you know, the anxiety that I could feel trying to um, enforce sort of a Western timeline Mm -hmm. where where it became really apparent to me that what I actually loved about the place myself Mm -hmm. um, was what I needed to share with other people. You know, I needed to say that, yeah, all these things are possible and we can make them happen in the order or the time that they happen will be indicative of the shifting sand and what is actually Mm -hmm. happening in people's lives. And there's some beauty to that, right? Uh Um, And so what are the things you love about here? Quiet. Mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, as somebody that's a city sort of dweller typically, you know, and is stimulated by visual, um, there's a beauty here, but there's a very, it's a serene sort of Mm -hmm. calm beauty. And because it's not sort of, what do you call that, Uh, drowned out by, you know, other things in in cities where, you know, there's lights and we sort of, it's so, um, it's very, so peaceful. Like, I think that I feel really peaceful here. Yeah. Um, And the people are peaceful. So it sort of kind of radiates back at you, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it absolutely is beautiful in a way that um, I don't think, I don't think actually prior to coming here that I'd spent much time in deserts, you know. Like mm-hmm. I think I always thought of them as being kind of uh, empty. Yeah. And uh, the opposite of not beautiful, but, you know, uh, barren and, you know. Well, I was in the outback in Australia and I yes. find that scary. I didn't enjoy it the way I love the Sahara. Yeah. So it's, so it's interesting, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think I, I said that to you, was like the first time that I came and I went to Sahara, I was like, I didn't even know what I didn't know because I mm-hmm. hadn't done any research. And I arrived there and it was like, not only is this majestic, like it, it's a beauty, like none other really. Like mm-hmm. I've seen some beauty, beautiful things. Absolutely. You know? um, and the quiet and, and the sort of intensity of, of hearing yourself 
breathe. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, is that, you know, the silence is deafening because it really is, you know. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, been a meditator and I've done different things and paid to go do different things, you know, you know yeah. and whatnot. And I was like, wow, this is like that on steroids. Like there was something that was, just, <laughs> you know, so kind of not in your face, but it in a very sort of yeah. way if you let it. I mean, if, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you couldn't be with it, I can yeah. see why people would get really agitated, mm-hmm. which yeah. would be then maybe something for them to look at, right? Exactly. But I think for myself, the fact when I would get agitated, I did look at myself and it was like, what is that? You know, and it was like, you're just uncomfortable because you're used to being busy or you're used to yeah. being able to distract yourself. And what would you do? Exactly. You know, what do they do? And no wonder they're peaceful because they're exactly. actually used to this. They're, they're used to like, you know, one of the things with Kamal is that he doesn't, when I say he doesn't need to meditate, is that it's sort of like his life is a walking meditation, yeah. I would say, you know, because uh-huh. he absolutely, he knows himself. Mm-hmm. He's very clear. Mm-hmm about his beliefs and his thoughts and his whatever and you know and heritage and his heritage and I think mm-hmm. part of that is because he's been with himself like he's okay with himself yeah. he's okay with no noise he you know he's yeah. grown up that way you know and so it's almost like I had to go back to that way like in my mm-hmm. you know, probably 40s you know when I started yeah. to kind of like try to adopt that sort of eastern philosophy and sit and meditate and you know be quiet and mm-hmm. realize that for a long time it was it was hard because I had to actually look at what was uncomfortable with myself and why that might have been and, you know, those sorts of things. And then I think, too, like, there's so... So we've been for a walk through the village and we have been to the weekly market. Yes. We had avocado juice outside. So it's a very, like, it's a simple life. Like, what you do for fun is completely and, and it's sort of, opposite. Uh, and, and sort of and the, the irony in that, right, where I used to always say that, you know, it's like I would always sort of fit me, like, my life in around... Like my free time, you know, my free time was always around everything that I had to do, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and here it's almost like the opposite of that, right? It's like, you know, how you, how you are, you have a lot of more free time, I think, because there's not all these distractions. I don't know that all of them I ever had to do when I'm, because when you go back to Canada now, you probably feel the same thing, right? You notice it. Yeah. Like how easy it is uh, there. Everybody fills up their space and, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes what are you doing? What's this? And how about this? And when, you know, there's just like this million kind of things and everything has to be scheduled because people's schedules like in two <laughs> weeks can we go for coffee and I just think oh my god like what if I in two weeks I wake up and I'm like I just want to have coffee on the balcony everything is so planned, so planned. And whereas here it's just like I mean the only plans that we had really were like the weekly market the weekly market you know it's like <laughs> the weekly soup and there's another one on Sunday which is the smaller soup you know Oh, okay. Um, but the Thursday one, is, and I realized, you know, I don't know if I said that to you, but when we were doing, well, still are, but you know, having mm-hmm. a cruise here, the work cruise, their 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 work schedule, you know, they they could mm-hmm. often we'd have to go get them, they'd have to stay on site because they don't mm-hmm. have vehicles and they yep. live in different villages and stuff, and then they'd stay here and they'd eat, you know, and sleep and eat and work mm-hmm. here, and then on the let's say the Wednesday night or depending on where their local soup, depending on what village they would, um, Kamal would bring them back home mm-hmm. because they needs to be there so they could buy the vegetables and set their families up for the following week, you know, payday Absolutely. that sort of thing, right? Yep. And and I course initially i'm like what the heck like this like, yeah. this is not very effective couldn't we just go bring the family the vegetables like we can't because every time they would leave mm-hmm. something could happen in the sense that you know somebody's wife needed yeah. to go to the fathers or the mothers yeah. or the this and then they couldn't come back to work on the following mm-hmm. day because something life got in the way you know yeah like, life got in the way of them working for me mm-hmm. excuse me yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and 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 that's what i started to realize when i started sort of you know going to the souk it was like it's not about shopping. It's like this is when they would connect. They would come in yeah. from the outlying areas, you know, to trade their mm-hmm. uh, 
dates or they're this or they're that, but it was a real social sort of connection. Absolutely. And I was like, wow, you know, like, I don't even know. I mean, I probably watched movies, you know, and certainly read books on that, but I don't Uh know that I've ever lived through that reality Mm -hmm. in my lifetime, you know, at 52, right? No, because everything is just available to us Yeah, I mean, mean, you can order everything even online, right? I wouldn't Mm -hmm. probably have to get a grocery if I wanted to. I could get, you know, it delivered to my house if I was in, you know, an urban environment. But then touch with what is available and who's selling it to you and and, and the seasonality of it really. exactly like it, it's like, I mean when you're down there I mean mm-hmm. I suppose you know Marrakesh may be a different bit mm-hmm. different but you know what I noticed really was that when I'd be in Marrakesh you know I could go to the market there and I was you know loosely everything was available exactly to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, so much more than say here and then I came down here and I was like oh my gosh like there's only root vegetables and, you know, where's yeah. the lemons or there was le- lemons last week or how come there's not this and how come there's not mm-hmm. that? And you start to realize that not only is there's the whole that sort of seasonal piece, mm-hmm. but there's about what would the locals buy? Now, when I when I go to the souk and I see this, when I say to you today, I, say, I saw a cauliflower and it was like the size of my head. Yeah. And I was like having like this happy dance. Like I was like, you know, wow, yeah. we could uh-huh. grill cauliflower or we could make this, you know, <laughs> and it's like a big celebration for yeah. me, right? And you appreciate things. Do you know what I found the other day at the bus station? And what? I had to buy it, but it was like ridiculously <laughs> expensive. It's so embarrassing that I did it. <laughs> Reese peanut butter cups. You found them? At the Marrakesh CTM bus station. You did? And then as I was le- like on the bus eating my Reese peanut butter cups for breakfast, mm. um, I was thinking, soon I'm going to be going to Canada. And like normally I'd be going to Canada and be like, oh, I'm going to eat a hamburger. Right. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to like buy Vogue. And I mean, now you can buy Vogue in Marrakesh and you can buy Reese peanut butter cups and there's like hamburger places. Like soon it's going to be like, I'm coming to Morocco to get like what I really want, <laughs> not going to Canada to be like, oh, I need to go to Mac or like, you know, something stupid like that, right? Like, but, it, but it's funny, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I think, you know, when I first uh, came to Marrakesh, I think I said to you, I was spending more, or came to Morocco, I was spending more time in Marrakesh because this was such a building site mm-hmm. and because the Wi-Fi wasn't working and there really was nowhere for me mm-hmm. to sort of, Hose myself, but you know, we had no uh, the summers can be pretty intense, I guess, to the heat and stuff. And I I couldn't sort of take care of myself down here. And uh, I had a friend that was in Marrakesh, so I'd go up there so I'd use the Wi Fi and you know, do Mm -hmm. some of the business stuff that needed to be done up there. Mm -hmm. Life is just so simple, you know, like it it, it really is simple. And 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 somehow I feel like for myself that as much as I could be distracted and enjoy all this sort of complexity that I would Mm -hmm. in my Western life or even my Marrakesh life, yeah. There's something kind of easier for me when I'm here. You know, totally. it's like I, I don't have to think about it. I mean, certainly I'm, I'm nourished. You know, I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm fed. I'm watered. Mm-hmm. I'm all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But it, I feel like so much now, like I was just at home, you know, that in Canada over the holidays or Christmas. And everything's about like, what do I feel like? I don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat that. Like, you know, it, 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 there's, there's too much choice. choices. And, you know, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Where do you want to go? And then the, big, the, the discussion yeah. comes about, you know, where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. versus actually just going yeah. and or having the tea or the coffee mm-hmm. or the drink or whatever you were going to do, right? We're, we're here. It's like all that sort of taken away because there's, it's just not here. Yeah. There and is beauty in the simplicity. There, there really is. And I think that for myself, I mean, not to say that I, I don't need a mix of both and I'm, you yes. know, you know mm-hmm. I, 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 that's probably always going to be the case for me. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, sort of having that ability to actually sort of witness myself in those different environments and, and how much of what I always thought that I wanted I was almost keeping myself from mm-hmm. because I was so busy working or busy being busy and yeah, you know, this sort of stuff. And that when I'm here, I'm like, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you have to learn how to be unbusy. Just a quick time out. If all this chat about travel and exploring Morocco has left you inspired to visit, but you're not sure where to start with planning your holiday, 
I cannot recommend the services of Christian Martinus at Sun Trails enough. His in-depth knowledge of Morocco is mind-blowing. His passion is inspiring. And the trip he planned for my sister and I back in 2016 left me amazed at what's out there to explore in Morocco. Get in touch via my podcast and I'll happily connect you so you too can experience an off-the-beaten-track trip. You don't have to be doing something all the time. Like, just laying in bed and watching the sunrise over the Sahara, like, what's better than that? Um, it's true. And, you know, it's funny because I think I, I said the same thing was like, I, uh, you know, with, with the emails or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, because because I um, don't have the typical day job that I used yeah. to have, you know, where my, my days were sort of filled up, um, you know, an email could come in. And I feel the sort of need that I'm supposed yeah, to respond to it, like exactly. immediately, you know, uh-huh. even if I don't have the answers yet. <laughs> yeah. That sort of like that that part of me that I have to almost like again, like with you, it's like I have to really remind myself that it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's natural to take some time to do that, and I'm allowed to still read my book or finish what yeah. I was doing or have my breakfast and you know that stuff. And the things that matter will will still exist. exist. Yes, exactly. Because you're a creative, so you are an artist, mm-hmm. and you had a studio back mm-hmm. in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But you've now moved that studio over to the Sahara. Well, um, <laughs> so, how has it impacted your art? What's well, the... I was going to say, I think that by you know being a creative or a visual artist mm-hmm. or a designer or a mm-hmm. maker, whatever you yeah. call that sort of thing, has taken many forms. You know, in my yeah. life and and. Uh, Right now, I think in this last year and a half, where initially I thought, you know, I was going to come here and set up my studio in some 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 room or some, mm-hmm. you know, piece of a clay building, you know, yep. and I was just going to start making again or, you know, but the project itself became sort of the art. Yeah. And uh, it took all, it took, it not to say it didn't take all, it did, it actually took all my energy, but it, it, it mm-hmm. sort of fed part of that creative energy. Mm-hmm. And the other part is because I didn't have the sort of, uh, at the setup, you know, the setup mm-hmm. set up properly yet. Um, I realized that for me to actually create in the way that I was used to, I had to sort of designate, you know, I had to make this sort of a priority mm-hmm. and that hadn't come yet for me. And so my art itself has been a little bit on the back burner. I mean, I had started making some stuff when I was up in Marrakesh because I found the, what do we call it? The chatter? Chatter art. Right? The art yep. supply. Because mm-hmm. that was all part of that. You know, I, coming <laughs> from Canada, shipping things here was just like ghastly. Uh-huh. Um, and so I really thought that I could find everything. And I don't think that it isn't that I couldn't, but it's the, the as you know, yeah. the connections and the mm-hmm. learning and the layers to yeah. actually find Finding it this stuff. and re, you know, it's not reinventing yourself, but reinventing maybe the medium you use yeah. or, or even what, you know, you know, art reflects life, life art kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. where am I at and what am I trying to say? And, and I think part of that, this sort of, this time um, has been about sort of expressing myself in a different way and the art mm-hmm. it w- will come back. Like yeah. I, I can feel it, you know, that mm-hmm. starts become uh like i need to get that studio space as you know yeah which has just gotten the ceiling in the well i can see like knowing your personality and then seeing what you've brought to life like with your interior decor you are represented this is i can see that the caspa has been like a canvas for you right and i can really see and feel your touches and your style throughout well, and it's probably interesting where, you know, again, mm-hmm. um, I, not because of my age, but the fact that I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. lived some time mm-hmm. that, you know, whatever different style, my style is pretty solidified by this age. You know, I mm-hmm. know who I am. I yeah. know what I like, you know, mm-hmm. whether I mean to or not, you know, I, I, I create in the same way my marks are mine, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. I don't have to go through that sort of experimental thing. I just know. Yeah. 
easily what I like. So I can make decisions quite quickly. And probably in that way, that way my art itself probably fits my decor. My decor fits my wardrobe. Yes, you know, that sort of exactly. Thing, it, it is all sort of a, an expression of me. Yeah, absolutely. It's just different kind of mediums, right? That were. <laughs> and so how hard was it to buy all the like, materials and like seek inspiration and just bring this to life? Well, I think that, um, you know, again, you know, for the world of, you know, Instagram and, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of um, uh, Pinterest and all magazines and all that sort of visual stuff, Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, pretty easy for me to sort of have a visual picture of what I wanted to look like, which would be as close to, as you said, Mm -hmm. inside to outside. Like I wanted it to marry, you know, sort of monochromatic and simple, Mm -hmm. handmade, natural materials and that. And then sourcing the things was a whole other kind of level. And I have to say that, you know, being an English speaker, Mm -hmm. don't speak Berber, don't speak Arabic, and my French is pretty much non-existent, sadly, Mm -hmm. as a Canadian, I'll say. Well, I mean, I think we... (laughs) (laughs) I came to Morocco to learn French because, (laughs) like... Unless you're in Quebec or New Brunswick or, yeah. you know, the pockets of French-speaking Canada, mm-hmm. it's very few people very who few. speak. And what we learn in French, we or in elementary school and high school, we don't ever have a chance to practice. No, and, you know, myself so you even come. having a, you know, French-Canadian mother and grandmother, um, who I think my grandmother grew up speaking nothing but French. You know, my mm-hmm. mom grew up, I think, speaking English because my grandmother wanted to speak English, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So by the time I grew up, Nobody spoke French. I mean, my grandmother yeah. still speaks French, but mm-hmm. I mean, nobody was using French at As, home. Yeah. And so by the time I think I was introduced formally to French, I was probably grade eight. And at mm-hmm. grade eight, I mean, who, how open, I mean, I certainly, it was like not the rest time for me mm-hmm. to try to learn anything new. No. And it probably <laughs> didn't uh, didn't sort of go with the sort of cool factor at the time. Like I couldn't get the connection of why that would have been yeah. something that would have been interesting mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, a good thing for me to learn at the time, sadly. Because now yeah. I'm like, oh, that would have been why. I know. You know? <laughs> so in saying that, going back to what you were saying about, uh-huh. you know, the source Forcing the uh-huh. things, you know, if it wouldn't have been for, um, honestly, the the generosity of a few friends. I told mm-hmm. you Jackie from Indigo mm-hmm. Lavender and, you know, uh, Melanie and different people mm-hmm. that I had met along the way that have been just really gracious of sort of um, yeah. showing me the way. You yeah. Know? And and a lot of elbow grease, as you know, sort mm-hmm. of like hitting the souks and hitting the this and yep. asking questions. And, you know, I'm not shy about that. I do no. ask <laughs> lots of questions. Um, I was able to, you know, find things and, you know, make a few mistakes along the way. So I think, you know. Over time, I've I've now started to see uh, how that really works. You know, I think mm-hmm. initially the whole systems and stuff, they're mm-hmm. still a bit vague to me and how uh, the pricing, and we're used to having prices on things and you yeah, know, that kind of stuff. That absolutely. It, it's a bit of a dance and, and learning to trust. I have to trust. I mean, I really have to trust everybody yep. in a big way. Mm-hmm. And trust that, you know, and I have I have an eye that's consistent. So over the time, I mean, I'm one of those people I kind of gather, you know, I mm-hmm. gather things along the way and then I just sort of put it together. And, you know, uh, the look itself is probably cohesive enough mm-hmm. because it's me doing the picking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, I can you know, usually make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll be an evolution. And, you know, as you said, I bet there's a few pieces of art that are up. So I, I look forward to the sort of the blank canvas of the space you're going like taking yeah. it to the next level of, yeah. you know, the, the, the details and, you know, the sort of finessing and mm-hmm. as you know, having the, the artists come and do retreats and stuff yeah. here, when actual magic could actually happen out of that studio, who knows what's going to come. But yeah, absolutely. So you are working um, on, like you have a lot of interest from artists who want to come here and just kind of have like, the silence to, to create or you're yeah, leading I think, you leading know, workshops? Maybe, or? I think probably, you know, part of it is like, you know, the, uh, 
the different environment to feed mm-hmm. that sort of inspiration, yeah. um, the quiet solitude, you know, mm-hmm. or the group collective, you know, yeah. kind of thing and having the space to, to do that. Um, whether it be yoga or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, any sort of modality, I suppose, art, you know, mm-hmm. art, art or writing or any sort of thing. <laughs> but myself, because of my, most of my contacts are in the sort of the visual yeah. realm, you know, that's mm-hmm. sort of who, who's on the docket to come and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yoga retreats. I think it sort of lends itself to any sort of um, creative pursuit. I think for me personally, it lends itself to anybody who wants a truly unique escape Somewhere that, like, I mean, how many people have we passed by since we've been here? Very few. Like, just who wants this silence, like a break from, like, the buzzing and the, like, having to be here, be there. Like, the, the biggest thing we've had to decide is, like, what time do we want lunch? And, like, you know, know. do we want to go right? for a walk before lunch or after lunch? And what time <laughs> should we be ready for the market? Like, I think it's a great place to just creative or not to just come well, and recharge said, I think that's a, like, like creative you know creative, yeah. recharge re, reboot like exactly creative juices mm-hmm. like get your own sort of connect to yourself you know all that exactly disconnect yes be, the disconnect you know, exactly be, you know mm-hmm. just do nothing yeah or write a book like you know whatever it yeah. is that you that you've been needing or wanting to do nothing or everything you know but you can do it here i know it's just it's the for me it's just like allowing myself to like just like say okay that's it I'm just going to be in the desert and that is it but also I think I'm like um, my own worst enemy because I have too many ideas and I'm like okay well now I've got to you know I want to do this and I've got to get this out and I need to you know respond to this because this is really exciting and so just being like you're somewhere completely magical (laughs) just like let go I think that's true like today you know we're out in Chicago right yeah you said that what you said something about you did something about spending a few days out there. Like, you don't know if you could spend a few days out there. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and probably, you know, rightly so, as I said to you, I can now. Uh-huh. But it's probably because I've lived here for some time. Yeah. You know? So I've uh-huh. probably gone through some of those processes. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I'm sure initially I would have been the same. It all kind of like. What do I do in like a tent That's right. in the Sahara Desert for I'm three like, days? Oh, I'll sleep <laughs> and I'll read. Yeah. And I'll walk yeah. and I'll breathe and I'll, you know, just whatever. Like, I, uh-huh. I guess I don't have to figure it out, I guess, at yes. the time, right? Like, I don't have to. Yeah, no, you don't. Have I to. don't have to. What do we say to say <laughs> the family of luggage just in case, you know, to occupy yeah. myself and actually to find that most of the time, even now, you know, with the, I think I said to you when I first moved here, you know, I brought, you know, my, I call it my three suitcases mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, and, and, and I, when I actually look at what I brought and what I even use now, yeah, you know, how, how it's quite interesting how over time there's sort of not. You know, this sort of minimalistic, yes. kind of simplistic kind of life. Um, it just becomes normalized. But, you know, I feel like well, I don't when you don't work. have the consumption, like we've passed a, um, you know, that's and it's not even a billboard. It's like a directional sign. <laughs> like, there's no advertising. There's no consumption. Like, you know, we could buy avocado juices and I bought like, a you know, a market bag. Like, there's nothing really like to consume like you don't have that we don't wake up and feel like oh let's go to the market to like buy stuff like even when I'm in Marrakesh I don't have this like desire like oh it's Saturday I should go to like the plaza and then go to the mall and see like what's going on it's like no it's Saturday I should go and have a coffee somewhere and go for a walk and maybe like see what's happening at the art gallery experience yeah exactly like I don't need to be consuming all the time so it's that whole concept what did you say that like when you when you would go away right you'd sit at the cafe right Mm -hmm. and just have a coffee yeah and just actually be and realize that 
What did you say? You said, I feel like I'm a bit of a lazy traveler sometimes. And I'm like, that's slow, right? Yeah, that's it's slow I'm traveling. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, instead of like, I remember when I used to travel, and not because I even meant to, mm-hmm. but because of the, the, the either the timeline you were on or the people mm-hmm. that you might have been with or what you, you know, were trying to fit into a day, yeah. that the actual sitting at the cafe to have the coffee, which was kind of mm-hmm. the quintessential moment of, let's say, most European moments. You know, yes, kind of thing. absolutely. I barely did. I barely fit the, finished the coffee because I had to get up <laughs> to do the next thing, right? Yeah. That you're like, what if I did actually spend the day or days? Yeah, absolutely. Because like how fascinating was it? Just like (laughs) drinking our avocado juice and like watching daily life go by. The beautifully dressed women and like just walking by in daily life. For me, I feel, I honestly believe that Marrakesh, well, Morocco in general, is about a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not about like racing to see every site. When I think back the first time I came here, it was the local markets. It was the walks through the villages. I mean, these villages are unlike anything we have in Canada or, you know, even in Europe when you travel there. Um, the markets, like what we saw for sale today, like <laughs> the, you know, the gardening tools, little saws, like all those things that like, were for sale. You could buy everything at you this know, see, one market. See those little, you know, the ones that like the three women there with their little sort of, yeah. you know, hand ground beauty products. From exactly. The pole to the... You know, I don't know if we ever actually figured out whether well, there was the henna, but that what, what other soul, I think. Thing, right, right? Yeah. And and how just like the magic of mm-hmm. all that, you yeah. know, is to participate in and realizing that, you know, prote- potentially, you know, we've talked about this before mm-hmm. now with the um the journey get here mm-hmm. to get here is a bit of a journey, you know, yeah. to come down the, the old trade road, mm-hmm. which is stunning, but it's part of the journey. So you have to mm-hmm. work for it a bit to get here. Yeah. But when you get here, you get to a sort of untouched, sort of magical you know, out of another 100%. time, almost yeah. like, what did we say today? Mm-hmm. I said, I felt like we were, we were in Jerusalem and, you know, yeah. biblical times. Exactly. Times through these, you know, play villages, villages. Right? Yeah. And that, um, now with the, the flight that flies into, yes. into Zagora, which is what, 40 minutes mm-hmm. from here, mm-hmm. and how it makes it more accessible that, you know, who knows in 20 years, yeah. you know, how this will change too, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which, so there's a real, I think that you get to that place where you can really appreciate it. Cause I've seen it in my own life, you know? Yeah, how how life is changed Changing. so rapidly. Yeah, you know, in my own existence, uh-huh. from a day when you know, I remember my son would say that to me. He's like, "You mean there was a time in your life that there was no computers?" I'm like, "There was." Well, there may have yeah. been, but I didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. Let's say, yeah, because I think mm-hmm. you know, the sister was in grade four when we got our first PC or something. You know, kind uh-huh. of just like, "Wow, you're old." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." But you have no idea what it was like, like you exactly, know, right? And that we could play outside, like yeah. all those sorts of things. Where you know, right over here, as you see, that yeah. there's a football. Mm-hmm. feel that but you know you hear the kids you can hear sometimes yeah. them kicking the ball right yeah. it's not unlike that happens at home but uh-huh. you know that's all you hear yes there's children like you actually notice yeah. it mm-hmm. you know what I mean yes. because it's not drowned out with all these other sort of you know ambient background mm-hmm. you know industrial age sort of noises no it's absolutely peaceful you can hear the birds and the I know I mean, is that what you birds. wake up to you hear that yeah absolutely so now we have uh to Zagora direct flights from Casablanca and uh, Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. So if guests wanted to like fly in transatlantic into Casablanca or Europe uh, flying into Marrakesh, they can fly directly to Zagora and you could arrange an, like a taxi. Absolutely, taxi. And transit. they could come and stay here. Yes. And the flights are uh, from Marrakesh on Wednesday and, and Friday. Fridays. And I believe that that airline is Air Arabia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a great, you know, full-size plane. Absolutely. Like I was really blown yeah. away. And I was like, the cost point, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. 
And it's like an hour, like not even 30 minutes, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Like honest to God, mm-hmm. it's up and down. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? I didn't even take off my seatbelt. Like I didn't even <laughs> you know, like we, we had reached full altitude and we're like, we're now, you know, give you the, the, yeah. the, 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 and I was like, this is magic. That's in amazing. That, you know, I mean, I do love, as I said to you before, I love the the, the mm-hmm. journey down, but you know, just to make it accessible because I mean, yeah. time sometimes is the thing exactly. for people, right? And if mm-hmm. you want to, if you want to have, you know, my biggest thing is that if you have to, if you have to rush anywhere, rush to get here and give yourself the gift of having a few days down here. Exactly. To, to know, see everything. To see everything and kind of mm-hmm. let yourself kind of unwind and actually experience the people. And yeah, absolutely. And you have a pool. So you, you can just pool. like you lay. Have a pool. So yeah, you could absolutely, you know, you can lay, you could read, you could walk, you could yeah. camel ride, you know, we can do treks yeah. right from here. You know, there's been women that come and do 10 day treks. Wow. Um, you know, that come and uh, get saddled up with the uh, camels and the herders and their cooks. It's a lot more active than I've been in the last few days. Well, I was going to say, and, you know, <laughs> or, or, you know, as I think Kamal said to you, like, you know, a three-day track or a yeah. three-day track or even overnight, but yeah. or a day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even go for, he was saying today that we could even go for camel rides, you know. Just, yeah, you know, through the palm the groves. groves and, and through the villages and stuff. Yeah. And I think, wouldn't that be magical with a picnic and well, all that? Right? It would be magical. And the, the fact that, like, you then have the option to go into um, Erg Shigega, yep. which for Shigega. me yep. it, today, like was the second time we've been there and it is, it's the desert. Like it, there's so untouched. It's not like other areas of Morocco. Like you, you really have touched on like a hidden, hidden gem. I think of Morocco that's often overlooked by, by so many travelers and, and, and probably because of having to you know kind yeah. of get here you mm-hmm. know like if you if you go it's not like 14 easy. days or you like you mm-hmm. said what did we say earlier what you're saying kind of like the, the typical tour where people hit yeah. hit hit hit, mm-hmm. hit kind of stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it really is still untouched yeah to a certain degree right and you um it the beauty and the the majesty let alone the feeling as we spoke yeah. about but it, it's there you know as we we drove today for two hours and went through you know camel herds <laughs> Right? And found like rocket growing wildly right. in the Sahara. Come all you know, yeah. so that we can have some for our dinner. Yeah, you know? it's amazing, and, and it's yeah, it's just it's just it's really beautiful. Like you know, uh-huh. to see the, the what I used to. I, I think I said this to you before that you know, Kamal had said that you know, some people look at the desert and they see empty, and mm-hmm. he sees possibilities. You know. Oh wow! You know, um, and the fact that uh, freedom, like the freedom to be and mm-hmm. to sort of roam, I think that's part of the nomadic sort mm-hmm. of you know Berber culture. Yeah, right. That to not be um, chained to things and time and yeah. the doing mm-hmm. is innately in their DNA. You know, it yeah. still hasn't completely lost. And some, as mm-hmm. I said to you before, some of his brothers have gone off, you know, to the cities and are doing different yeah. sort of you know engineering and different mm-hmm. kinds of you know jobs. But for Kamal, this is his heart. You know, and that's his passion. To share the local, Amazing. you know, um, way, which yeah. is very simple, local living, you know. And something we just so need to learn again in. It'd be reintroduced. For, yeah. Reintroduced to where, like I said, where, you know, for them, yeah. those that are still here, they haven't lost it. I mean, you've said that to yeah. me too, the yeah. different guides and stuff that you know and people that you mm-hmm. know that are from this area. Yeah. You know, that it, it stays with them. Yeah. And I'm like, when are you coming back? I, oh, to- that flight. Right. If I didn't I know, forget right? my passport, I think. I know, right? Like I'll never do that again. I mean, and honestly, <laughs> and I said to you too, for me too, like being able yeah. to have that access to the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just brutal. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I know. Well, I've had the best um, week being here uh, with you and just seeing what you've, you've created. And I can only imagine like going from Vancouver to <laughs> The edge of the Sahara. Like, what did people say to you? 
what did they say? I think that, you know. Would they expect it from you? Well, I think it's at some level, as I spoke mm-hmm. to you, I think, before, mm-hmm. about the fact that I've always been sort of this sort of bohemian gypsy kind of mm-hmm. nomad in my own life, yeah. even though I, I, I felt that I was living a conventional existence because, you know, I had responsibilities <laughs> and whatnot. You know, I was uh-huh. always like the serial renovator and changing and moving and traveling mm-hmm. whenever I could. Yeah. Um, and uh, always been, you know, as a small child, I was always uh, romanticized about, you know, foreign lands and I'd always mm-hmm. felt sort of akin to me. Like I always sort of felt like maybe I was switched at birth. So for me, it kind of felt like the sort of next evolution of that stage of my life uh-huh. that, you know, when, when the possibility aroused it was an easy, that easy. I mean, I went through many stages yes, of, of actually course. doing it, of getting rid of sort of my mm-hmm. life um, in in Canada. But it, it it wasn't as probably vastly scary as it would pe- mm-hmm. appear to other people. You know, mm-hmm. I think that was mostly the thing was like there, there's a there's a huge amount of wonderment, like wow, because I mm-hmm. think in some of us there lives that yes. That, that that part of you that, you know, I don't know, wishes or, you know, would like mm-hmm. to try or I yeah. wonder what or, you know, that uh-huh. kind of stuff. But um, the actual doing, I hear a lot of times, you know, you're, you're really brave or, you know, they would say yeah. that I was fearless. I'm like, I don't think it's fearless. Brave, perhaps, because uh-huh. you know, there has a certain amount of bravery to step outside of your comfort zone, yeah. all of us and whatever uh-huh. we're doing. Um, to say I'm fearless. No, I can be scared every second of oh the day, God. you know, if I let yeah. myself. Uh-huh. Um, but I also have lived long enough to know that the other side of fear is freedom and that, you know, yeah. as long as I listen to my inner you know, I love that. The other side of fear is freedom. You know, my so my true. inner sort of intuition, mm-hmm. God, you know, spirit, yeah. soul, whatever you want to call it, that I knew um, and trusted that I was doing the right thing. Yeah. How it would actually materialize or how Adisful mm-hmm. itself would actually show up at the end, you know, whether yeah. it ends up being this or that or whatever. Uh-huh. I realized that, like with most things and most businesses, I would suppose yeah. that you kind of you take action daily and then you just yeah. kind of get out of the way mm-hmm. and it kind of, you know, makes itself into what it is meant to be. And so in that way, I had this big trust, but a lot of my family members and stuff, I think I scared them, Oh yeah, you know, to death. Absolutely. And I still, I still, still think that I do, you know, yeah. I still like what my daughter, I told you is coming, you know, next mm-hmm. week. So it'll be a real gift for me to actually, to have somebody from my, my life actually come and, 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 and experience, you know, where I am. Yeah. I realize that absolutely. That, it's just photos. Yeah. Um, and my, me telling about this sort of sandcastle in the sand and, you know, <laughs> building, you know, this, this life in the desert where I don't speak the language and I don't have, you know, any friends, you know, or family around me or, you know, uh, that it probably does sound insane at some level. If uh-huh. I, you know, if I heard it, I'd probably think the same thing. Right. But yeah. I'm living it and it feels, it feels right. It doesn't make that it's easy. It's not. No. And I think because we go, like, we've gone against what like North American society is like, you know, you're, supposed to have achieved certain things by different um like ages and uh have different materialistic goods to your you know to your name and so when I first came here I was like like what have I done with my life like what did I do I I don't have a job I have nowhere to live like my whole like self-identity was just gone gone yes whereas now You've recreated. I've recreated like the you know being in Morocco. And the next extension of what that is for you. Exactly. Exactly. Which is probably more, well, I should say more, but, you know, it's a different mm-hmm. a different avenue for you than you were walking you exactly. were in Canada. Then, you know, uh, you probably, maybe some of the skill set, you know, intertwines yeah. or mm-hmm. kind of overlaps. And I think exactly. that's the same thing. It's like, you know, with me, I'm still kind of doing the same version of myself. Exactly. It's just in a different way. And it's and, it, and it's coming against different hurdles that I would mm-hmm. never have had exactly. experience, you know, before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, you know, mainstream society says that, you know, we come up in a culture that, you know, you work and you have your money 
earning mm-hmm. years and then you get to a place and then you sort of retire or you live off your assets mm-hmm. or, you know, that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. sort of to pull the, the rug out and um, <laughs> or the rug or the house down and all uh-huh. this, uh, 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 get rid of all your uh-huh. possessions and start again in a land that you don't even really understand yeah. half of the systems. Yeah. You know, and I'm learning as I'm going <laughs> probably takes a huge trust or insanity, which, you know, yeah. maybe it's the same thing. I don't know, but you know, um, it, <laughs> only time will tell. I mean, I think, I think, I think one of the things, you know, if you're, if you're a, a witness to the world. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you're creative, you often are watching mm-hmm. and connecting dots and watching people. Yeah. Um, is that living with regrets, I think, is harder than any sort of uh, mishap I might have mm-hmm. along the way. You know, mm-hmm. I know that at the end of the day, as I said to you, what I, what I can trust is myself. Yeah. And I do land on my feet. Mm-hmm. And I do always um, end up um, stronger and wiser mm-hmm. and better in some way yeah. as, as myself, you know, uh-huh. when I follow my path, whatever that looks like. And, it, and, you know, I think that's with everybody, you know, you don't know what it is for somebody else. Yeah. You know, and, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and, it's, and we're here for a short time, right? I mean, that's kind of my, we may as well make the best of it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think I don't want to have, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to live with regrets and who knows, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll write a book, you know, 10 years from now, we'll see where we ended up. <laughs> Like that was either like the best decision or like what that's right. Was I or, or we did that and then we ended up whatever. You know what I mean? Like we did that and then we, you know, who knows what the segue or what it brings well, you, right? No, because like ten years ago, I would have never. I was working in my public sector job, <laughs> and I would. Have, if somebody said like you're going to own a food tourist business and like you know do PR and like everything I've done in Morocco, I'd be like, no, I've got my job, I've got my apartment, like I got a good group of friends. Like I'm not going to leave Ottawa. Why would I do that? Right. Yeah, really? Because why would you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so think, like, do you think before you actually came, uh, you know, on your first, it was like a holiday, right? Yeah. A traveling mm-hmm. trip that you came mm-hmm. on. Um, was it ever, was it, was it sitting somewhere in your mind? No, like nothing. I was like, I've just always wanted to go to Morocco because right. I watched the movie Hideous Kinky. Oh, right. And I was like, I need to go there. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's so, I mean, obviously it yeah. <laughs> encouraged me to come here. Yeah. And then um, here I am. And I just, I have, yeah. The, but the shock and, like, the absolute look of horror on people's face, especially in, like, a safe government town, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, wow. But, like, behind it, you, I could just see that. And I was like, I'm just praying for the best. Like, <laughs> That's all I can do. You were making cappuccinos as a barista or something where I'd be like, okay, she's just going to take, you know, have a little sabbatical or whatever. She's like, wow, it's big, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You end up mm-hmm. attracting like-minded yes. people, you know, because uh-huh. you have there's a similarity yeah. there that you have to be somewhat of a risk taker. Well, and if you want it bad enough, you're going to work for it. And I also think I'm like sensible enough to know when to quit. Yes, like if something's not working, there's no need to keep going. Just <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I said that's true. It's mm-hmm. going back to like the trust yeah. in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. When you know, I mean, you know, it, yeah, you'll do what you do until you don't do it anymore. Exactly. So, and then you'll do it whatever the next thing. is. The two of the the women that were here last week, they, that, that was the thing that they said that they, that it was uh, brave. You know, that was yeah. one of the comments. And 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 do you get lonely? Like that was you know yes. a, a, another thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I said you know probably somewhat of being a creative and an introvert, and that we do live in mm-hmm. a reality where we can be mm-hmm. connected a bit with yeah. the internet and stuff. Um, I'm probably not as lonely as I could be, but yeah, for sure. So to actually be able to meet you know like minded cool people I realize right is Mm -hmm. what will sustain again yes and make Mm -hmm. it make this that much more um sustainable you know as a as a full life for myself is to be able to have you know introduce myself and their 
sells to me and have mm-hmm. that interaction with people from yeah. all over the world, which is what I used to travel to do was to connect, right? So now they could come to Now they get to come to your big yeah. sandcastle in the, the sandcastle and play in the sandbox <laughs> or a pool, right? Mm-hmm. Degrees. And um, I, you know, was probably, you know, a month prior ready to take the, the, the local fellow that had the... Um, Oh, like the wheelbarrow? Yeah, and start filling in the pool. Like, I was just like, I've had it with this, you know, this pool, right? Like, this, like the Bainuwa existent, right? The money pit, the tilers, like five tilers later, mm-hmm. you know, all these sorts of things that were happening. Mm-hmm. That actually have it going and actually get in that pool was Nirvana. Oh. And then actually, you know, it was the holiday and the family was here. And, you know, in the summer, in the Sahara, yeah. you know, a lot of the families come back to the yeah. area. And they were actually able to the locals and stuff were able to come and enjoy the pool and the family members. Oh. I mean, it was such a gift, right? Yeah. Like I was like, ah, yeah. You know? Yeah, because you're keeping Kamal's grandfather's, like, member, like, is living on. He's it, still. It is, you know, and, 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 yeah. and, and, and partly, you know, to, to, to I, I watch it come to fruition and to be what yeah. it was meant to be or bring back to what it, you know, mm-hmm. he meant it to be and, and to see the pride, not only in Kamal, but the Yassine family yeah. to actually see it, you know, come, Mm-hmm. kind of full circle is, is yeah. quite lovely, you know. So to have be a piece of that yeah. is kind of cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, seriously, bravo for what you've done because <laughs> I cannot. I think I would have been consuming far too many bottles of wine. Well, you know, being that it's dry, right? <laughs> that was a bit hard to do, you know. But, yeah, no, I got through uh-huh. it. And, yeah. and now I sort of feel like, you know. you're. It's amazing. You're on your your way. Like you're, On my way yeah, for, exactly. for, for the next sort of incarnation yeah. to be. People to enjoy it, hopefully, right? Well, you're a hotelier now. Who knew that was on you? Know, <laughs> I don't think that I ever sort of wrote that as one of my words that I was going to be. I think I used to think about things like, um, because I like design and houses yes. and renovating, I used to think about having, you know, a bed and breakfast, but that sort of concept, you know, where you could where you could design spaces that people could enjoy. Mm-hmm. As I've said to you, I've always designed spaces that I didn't necessarily need to live in. And so this is kind of realizing this is kind of a backwards way of kind of getting to that same end. Uh-huh. You know, it's like creating spaces that people can come and enjoy, but I yeah. don't have to sort of live in the whole casbah. Wow. You know, I don't have to be the lady of the manor. No. Right? I could be the desert queen. Well, thank you so much for having, like, sharing this week with me, opening your house to me. Well, I mean, it's your story. Pleasure. I've I mean, loved every second. My pleasure. And I hope to, you know, Get to that see flight. you and yes, I, <laughs> I hope to see you and many other people come down and enjoy the place. But you know, it's been so great to connect with you. I mean, at oh, many levels, you. honestly. Thank you. You have no idea. If you're a fan of getting off the tourist trail and planning to be in Marrakesh, join us for one of our tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours. On our Tasting Marrakesh Gillies tour, we explore some of the 20th century architecture in Marrakesh stop at some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco gems, and wander through parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of my favorite things. But don't just take it from me. Condé Nast Traveler recently included this tour on its roundup of 10 cool things to do in Marrakesh. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a C-H. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that are of interest to you. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks when I'll be sitting down with artists in advance of the 154 Contemporary African Art Fair taking place in Marrakesh. In the meantime, if you want to discuss collaboration, sponsorship, partnership, or have an idea for a podcast, please feel free to get in touch with me via my website, mandyandmorocco.com. 
And if you're a fan of Wine Morocco, I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review this podcast on your favorite channel. See you next time. Thank you.